Welcome, welcome everybody to Toolbox for Truth. Uh, I want to start today um, and talk about the indifference to doctrine. Uh, it's a huge problem against the United States. Uh, it's a huge problem across the United States, across the world, if you ask me. People are indifferent uh, to doctrine. They hear the word doctrine or theology and instantly they turn away from it. But I want to talk about why uh, these things are happening. So, really what we're seeing is uh, the proper study of doctrine is not easy. And uh, I think that, you know, it takes time, it takes a lot of hard work, much prayer. Um, and for those reasons, many people don't want to study doctrine. Others don't study doctrine because they think that it's just for professionals. Um, and even some pastors don't study doctrine because they think that it's just for scholars. Um, and still, there are others who don't study doctrine because they are indifferent to it. I think that's an issue because um, I think it's what's led to the postmodern, post-truth world. Um, we don't know what truth is anymore because we don't study uh doctrines uh, we don't study theology everyone as R.C. Sproul said is a theologian or should be um, so I just want to give you some some words uh, humanism says that man is truth pragmatism says whatever works is the truth pearlism says everyone has a piece of the truth relativism says each situation determines the truth mysticism says institution or intuition is the truth skepticism says no one can know the truth and hedonism says whatever feels good is the truth and none of those are true that's the problem of not studying doctrine we don't know what truth is there is truth, and not just truth, but the truth, the one and only truth. There is no truth outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a monopoly on truth. Now, how would you find that out? While well, you study theology. It's not just the gospel message. It's the, it's the theology inside the message, the study of the gospel. So many times you go to churches, I've done it myself, and the, and the pastor and the congregation, they know all these verses. They can quote you 55 million verses, but they can't tell you one deity of Christ. They can't tell you one attribute of God, and they can't tell you what the true gospel message is or how to actually save someone. It's, it's very disappointing. It's sad, um, and, and to be frank, uh, I'm just kind of sick of it. So... The issue is, is that when you become indifferent, they are content with being fed milk and knowing only the basics of the faith. But largely, uh, they are apathetic to pursuing the doctrinal meat of the faith. They only want the milk. They want the easy stuff. It's easy to drink the milk. It's hard to chew the meat. So they don't want the doctrinal meat of the faith. And I find it hard to tolerate this 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 is a, an annoyance this kind of indifference and in, in, for me and in other christians uh when it comes to what we believe 
it's deplorable. I mean, it's kind of disgusting. The fact that people want to use God to favor their life. Or, you know, I've heard even people in our family say, well, I'll be healed this year. Well, that's not going to happen unless God wants it to happen. And it ain't going to happen if you speak it into existence because you can't do that. Only God could. So it's just, you know, people don't know that. They, people truly believe that they can speak these things into existence. But if they studied the gospel message at all, they would know that's not true. Um, and then it's, you know, it's vital that we find these truths that can save or damn our souls. Um, as one Puritan pastor said, indifference is the mother of heresy. If we become indifferent about doctrine, we will soon become indifferent about Scripture and eventually become indifferent about God. And that's the issue behind it. So in 1929, J. Gresham Mackin left the once uh, doctrinally sound Princeton Theological Seminary and uh, he, he went to uh, help establish the Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. And the men who left with him departed not simply because of Princeton's like liberal theological uh, drift and not simply because uh, it's uh, I would say uh, uh, that the faculty had denied certain historical confessional doctrines they left Princeton fundamentally because of growing lack of regard for the doctrine itself the indifferentism about doctrine makes no heroes of the faith um he actually wrote, Mackin wrote, uh, If knowing doctrine doesn't matter, then nothing really matters. We live in a culture that often promotes so much indifference. Uh, many churches have subscribed to the indifference because they argue doctrines are difficult to understand or difficult to study, which is totally not true. Doctrine isn't um, attracting, attractional, some of these churches are saying. Doc, doctrine divides. And uh, it's true. Doctrine does divide true Christians from false Christians. But doctrine also unites because God, by the Spirit of God, the orthodox confessional doctrines of Scripture alone can unite a bunch of wretched sinners so that we might have one Lord, one faith, one baptism. In many cases, people are indifferent to doctrine because they have not been taught how to study the Bible or because they have been taught by those who have misunderstood important doctrines. So again, you know, this goes back to saying find good, solid doctrine in your church. Find a pastor who preaches not only the gospel message, the doctrines behind the gospel message. Uh, and, you know, you need to start doing these things in your life. They matter. Um, just sit there and say that sola scriptura does not matter or limited atonement has no meaning to you or that predestination isn't true you're denying the gospel message predestination wouldn't be a doctrine if it wasn't in the gospel it's clearly in Romans if you read the book of Romans you're going to see predestination everywhere uh, pedo baptism uh, church membership the intermediate state uh, sessionism uh Ministerial, uh, ministerial and uh, declarative authority. All of these doctrines are more important than you could dream. Uh, let's look at one of these. Uh, 
doctrines that, you know, I kind of, I kind of like, I think people are indifferent to doctrine because they have not been, you know, properly trained up and to understand the biblical doctrines simply because they've never really studied them anyways. I mean, I could, I could probably go around to a hundred families in my neighborhood, just in my vicinity I live in, and ask them, have they read the Bible from front to back? And they haven't. I guarantee it. Most people haven't got past Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, some haven't even got past Le- Leviticus, okay? So you can't understand God. You can't understand Jesus. You can't understand the message of the gospel if you don't study the Bible. But while studying the Bible, you are studying doctrine. Theology is theos. The word theos means God. Logos means word. So theology is the study of God's word. What's wrong with that? That's what you're doing when you pick up your Bible. But don't just pick it up and read it. Study it. So, if the church is to understand and confess sound doctrine and reject unbiblical doctrines and dispose of unbiblical presuppositions and doctrinal misunderstandings, we must begin by representing and repenting of our indifference to the doctrine. Without sound doctrine, we are doomed, literally. So, I, I, I think that's a, just a great place to start. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit... Uh, here about uh, Sola Scriptura and uh, in 1546 the Council of Trent a Roman Catholic uh, gathering they met soon after uh, you know Martin Luther's uh, death they issued two decrees regarding sacred scripture the first decree cursed those who did not receive the scriptures and also cursed those who deliberately uh, condemned the church's traditions so the, the second decree forbade twisted readings of sacred scripture uh, and and doctrinal or moral matters. So the council also condemned interpretations of sacred scripture contrary to like the Holy Mother Church or contrary to the unanimous uh, consent of the fathers and explained that it is the task of the church to judge of the true sense and interpretation of the Holy Scriptures. The two decrees are cluttered with uh, complicating clauses and awkward phrases. There's a reason for this. Uh, The bishops at the council disagreed about the relationship between scripture and traditions and the uh, traditions of the church used to interpret those scriptures. And they argued about how to come to some kind of compromise or those willing to vote on the subject. 33 members thought that the scripture and tradition are equal in authority, and 11 uh, thought that they are similar but not equal in authority. And 3 thought that the council should require only that traditions would be shown to respect the language of equal authority of scripture and tradition was dropped uh, in other compromise. The council uh, made yet another distinction. 38 members wanted the council to, to uh, condemn those who did not receive either the scriptures or tradition. But the 33 members wanted a softer position. They were willing to condemn those who did not receive scripture, but with respect to the um, traditions. Uh, The bishop would only condemn people who self-consciously condemned the church's traditions. Here the minority party won the vote, as the majority party was unwilling to ignore the concerns of their colleagues. 
basically I'm, I'm saying this because it is surprising to hear that any members of the Council of Trent made points that every reformer could, aff- could affirm. And I think every Protestant Christian should affirm. After all, every reformer could agree that scripture must not be manipulated to say what we want. That is the problem. It does not matter what man thinks about the scripture, only matter what God thinks. So it cannot, we, we have to stop manipulating it to say what we want it to say. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak it into existence. The gospel doesn't say that you can do that. Only God was allowed to do that. The Bible is God's word, and we are to be shaped by it. It is not to be shaped by us. And that is the issue. We are trying to shape the Bible to conform to us when we need to conform to it. We don't need to make the Bible modern. We need to make modern people back in the biblical days. We need to take ourselves and put ourselves where they lived and how they lived. Um, you know, and I also could agree with the tiny majority of the voters at the Council of Trent, the traditions of the church. Certainly the writings and the earliest practices of the church deserve respect. And uh, yes, you know, there have been false teachers in the history of the church, but there is also a history of useful teaching in the church that affirms and supports the teachings of Scripture. And there's much more to learn from those who have gone before us. So we have to look at the history of Africa, the history of the United Kingdom, the history of the United States. Uh, you know, what did the gospel message do around the world? Uh, how was each culture different? What... Uh, 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 doctrines did they believe in? Were they wrong? Were they the right doctrines? Um, you know, and to do that, you have to study. Uh, the reformers came to see that the Roman Catholic uh, imagination of a unanimous consent among Christian teachers of the early centuries of the church had no basis in reality. In fact, the 1530 um, Osberg Confession, the most important early Lutheran statement of theology, highlights those disagreements with Roman tradition itself, including the uh, contrast between the teachings of the church and the teachings of the prominent church, uh, the prominent church fathers. However, the teachings of the church fathers are important, uh, was important, obviously, all as a final authority, scripture being God's word, which stands alone, yet wise people read scriptures not alone, but with others. So including those who have gone on before us. So wise people read the scriptures not alone, but with others. And I, I just thought that was good to hear that. But um, that's it for today. I just want to thank you guys for coming to Toolbox for Truth. And uh, hopefully we can learn something here today. I think we, we have to get back to the doctrine. We have to start studying theology again. These, these issues of theology, uh, they matter. More, more than we could believe. Uh, we have to walk in the Word, and we have to stop making it conform um, to us. We need to conform to the Bible.